This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Let's move on to values. Um, and uh, <clears throat> values are – well, let me, let me ask it this way. Are values distinctives? Distinctives only, or are, is there more to values than distinctives? There's more to value than distinctives. Okay. Um, distinctives might be how you flesh out your values, or uh, well, I look at values as values are distinctives in and of themselves. Okay. And that's what actually caused me to ask the question. Okay. So yeah, yeah they uh, are distinctives, but but they are. It's it's so interesting to do this because you can sit down and we we'll have a church work through its values and they come up with values. Mm-hmm. We we know what they are, but but they generate that list right. of values and then we'll have them evaluate it and we'll say, hey, what's missing here? Uh, and we'll use Acts two where I think there are a number of values right. that come out there. But what's missing here? And then we'll also now say, are all of these inward or outward focused? Mm-hmm. And what do you think? Oh, They're yeah. usually inward focused, focused, and it gets real quiet. You can hear the right. pin drop. Uh-huh. And then again, what's missing? And mm-hmm. I say, well, and, and we're after actual values, right? We don't want aspirational. We we do we do go after aspirational values, mm-hmm. but we're after what are your actual values? We want to discover those, and then we ask what's missing, and then they they may say evangelism, so that becomes an aspirational value of the church. So you get at this by asking the question, what makes First Baptist First Baptist in yeah. your view? Is yeah. that kind of how you get there? Yeah, yeah. What's what's unique? But we but we do have them uh, take a values exercise. I've come up and I've created a list of values. There are, oh gosh, over 20 values on there. And what they do is they take that and they mark what they think is and is not. They work off the sheet, so mm-hmm. we kind of prompt them. It's it's a what we call a prime the pump exercise. Mm-hmm. And they take this values inventory, and uh, the question is, uh, which of these are your values? And so once they come up with that, then we have some recorders and the people call them out and they write them down, they put them up on a whiteboard. And then we go through those and say, now take off the values that aren't really your values. And mm-hmm. we try to get down to what their actual values are. Now, what I'll tell you a gut reaction I had in reading this <coughs> section and actually different parts of the book, and that is your lists are very, very thorough. They're comprehensive. Yeah. You, you go in there and you say, you know, here are, here are 25 verbs to choose from in doing your mission statement. And here yeah. are here are uh, here are thirty values you could be discussing that kind of thing. Your your goal in doing that is to is to I take it not overwhelm someone, which you might get the feeling when you read yeah. the and, list. And it There's happens no sometimes. It happens. Sometimes, yeah, but. but the but the flip side is to get you to say here is here is it's a large sample of possibilities. Now I want you to figure out. What you are out of this? Is yes. that kind of is yes, that kinda, exactly. Okay, and then and then they call those out, and there will be different ones, and then they come back, and we discuss those, in, in a group, 
And this is wonderful because you see these people talking like they've never talked before about their church and what they think is important. Because you've given them categories to work with. We've given them categories to work with, see? And they will disagree with one another, but right. but I give them a one to two minutes to debate it. Uh-huh. No longer than that, I'll cut them off because we can be there all week. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, uh, so Mary Plus Lou – Plus you want everyone walking out of the meeting exactly. live. <laughs> Mary, Mary Lou says uh, – she's raised her hand. She said that, uh, that evangelism is a value of our church. And mm-hmm. right away somebody will challenge that, especially if it's not the case. Right. And I'll say, well, Mary Lou, why do you think it is? And then, Charlie, why do you think it's not? Within a one or two minute debate, there, uh-huh. but but they get to interacting and they don't get upset with one another. It's just a, it's a marvelous time where they get to know one another and they discover a little bit about themselves and their church. And as they then when when they're done, when they've said these are the five or six things that characterize who we are, now you step back and you look back and you say, all right, what's in there? I see that that's in there, but. Are there things that are not in there that ought to be in exactly. there? Is that the, another exactly. step? So we give them certain key values such as evangelism, worship, biblical instruction, some of those things. And uh, we ask, uh, should that be reflected in your values? Mm-hmm. Is that aspirational or not? And, yeah. and so they, they will respond to that. And, and uh, I've had them – for a while, I wouldn't let them have any aspirational values. And I had one group that just pleaded with me, let, let it, please let her <laughs> – so I said, okay, you, two of them can be aspirational, <laughs> but you've got to work on them because, yeah. because if it's aspirational, we want it to be actual. So we, and, and that's where some of the strategy focuses on where they're typically weak, which would be, uh, in, in most of them, evangelism and ministry. So, so in one sense, the question might be, um, who are you? That's mm-hmm. an assessment of where you actually are, and what is it that you would like to be? Yes. And yeah. get, and then and or should be or should be fair yeah. enough, and then and then the question becomes all right now how do we get from A to B exactly and that's where the strategy kicks in okay and we found in working with these churches over and over that they're when they do a ministry analysis when they evaluate themselves they come up short on a value a value I'm sorry evangelism mm-hmm. and ministry or service mm-hmm. and so we pick up on that and our evangelism is community outreach. Mm-hmm. And then our service is mobilization, mm-hmm. and we go through that with them. This is how you this is how you share the faith, and this is how you uh, get involved in the ministry of your church. Now I know that uh, Acts two forty one to forty seven is a very important passage in yeah. thinking through this. That that what you are asking people to do is to think through how much biblical instruction do they have, how much prayer do they have, how much community do they have, how much outreach do they. Now have, you're making me nervous because your your book on Acts. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. Sco- scholar. That's okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Because this is the practical application of it, so okay. so you're in good shape. Okay. Um, but basically, those are the, the the five things you're looking to balance. Yes. And uh, um, and when you do that, you can see some churches are very very good at instruction. In fact, most of the churches I would imagine that you're working with are very good at instruction. They they are. They are well on the way of trying to encourage people to discipleship, but the the mission part of what they do is generally where the weak where the weaknesses show it is. up. It is. Yeah. Yes. So how do you how do you um, how do you encourage a church? Let, let's just assume that that's the model that we're normally dealing with, and I suspect that there could be lots of people listening to us who are pastors or are leaders in churches where they go, you know, the discipleship. Our people are growing; they're walking with God; they're doing okay in that regard. But this mission thing just seems to be this like hurdle that we just can't get over. 
Do you um, mean the mission of the church? The mission, back to that? the mission, the evan- evangelism in particular. Oh, oh evangelism. Yeah, okay. evan- let's talk evangelism in particular. The outreach part of it. Yeah. This, this. Um, what do you encourage churches to think about to get over that that wall? Over the mission wall. Yeah. I, I one of the things I, I like to do, and this is in the uh, community outreach section, is I uh, one of the things I'll do is I said self-identify. You need to really self-re-identify. And in most of our churches, we call you members. And that really doesn't do a lot. So you're a member, so what? Why don't we self-identify and call ourselves missionaries? Mm-hmm. Because it, we, we look at ourselves completely different when we do. Mm-hmm. Disney World caught on to this. They don't have employees. Mm-hmm. They don't have personnel. Mm-hmm. They have the cast. Hmm. And they they self-identify as cast. I'm not one who p- picks up trash off the grounds. I'm I'm a part of the cast. I'm a part of the show. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing. Uh, if you're asking for little ideas about how we do this, mm-hmm. that's one thing. We ask them to self-identify as missionaries. The pastor is and the staff are trainers of missionaries, and we are missionaries. We are the one to share our faith. And so if we begin to think of ourselves as missionary, if we're going over to the Landry Center to work out over there, and I'm looking at this person that's taking taking my card and giving me a key for my locker, but I'm a missionary. I'm going to look for an opportunity the next time to share faith with them. Yeah. And so that's one That's one little trick that we that's do. That's good. I, I, I have a similar picture when I talk about this in the church. I like to use the picture of the ambassador. Yeah. An ambassador yeah. lives in an embassy, but I guarantee you he doesn't live and spend all his time in the embassy. Exactly. You know, yeah. he, he's getting to know that culture. He's getting to know the country. He's getting to know the people that he's living with. And, so, and actually, I think the picture is biblical because – Obviously, Christians are said to be citizens of heaven. In one sense, we're said to be aliens in a strange land. Exactly, we're yes. portrayed as being ambassadors, that kind of thing. And so, if you think of it in the, in that way, where where your uh, I'll, I'll make a metaphor out of this: your life as an individual is an outpost of the presence of God. Yes. Um, uh, and, and so uh, that means that I I don't do my job when I'm just hanging out with other outposts. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Right. Well, we ask them to take and keep also their um, put put their mission statement of their church on a card, and uh, keep it in their wallet, so that, for example, every time I go to the Landry Center, I have to open my wallet mm-hmm. to get my Landry Center card out, mm-hmm. and there's my mission statement there, reminding me that I'm a missionary mm-hmm. and of the mission of my church, which is to reach people to reach this person on mm-hmm. the other side of the desk. Hmm. That's great. Um, uh, well, let's come to the last phase here that we're going to talk about, and that is the whole strategy part of this. So we, so we're, we've been in the room, we've met, we've talked, we we're, we've come to encourage one another. This is where we want to go. This is this is what we're doing. This is where we want to go. This is what it's going to look like. Uh, here's what drives us that makes us uh, that makes us who we are. Uh, but we aren't where we want to be. Now what? Okay, well, are you talking about implementation? Yeah, I'm talking about strategy section, the section on actual development of strategy. Well, again, the strategy is there to answer the question how. Our our mission tells us what, our vision gives us an idea of what it's going to look like, whereas our strategy talks us about how we're going to do this. And Mm -hmm. so what I've come up with are, are five steps of strategy. The first one we've talked about, which is community outreach, which is basically evangelism. Mm-hmm. The second one is disciple making. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is mobilization. How do we get people involved in ministry? And, and each one of those, we're trying to hit key areas. 
where there's scripture behind them. I, I've mm -hmm. tried to organize strategy and, and the whole strategic planning process around certain key passages, and mm -hmm. I'm trying to give them organization and form is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to do here with the strategy, mm -hmm. and uh, as well as the mission and the vision. But then we have the mobilization, as I mentioned, and we follow that up with we look at their facilities and their location. Okay. And we talk about uh, are you strategically located to reach people in your community? Mm -hmm. uh, I like to hit them with the sovereignty of God here and say there's no accidents some of these people live in your community where you are. You, you, you may have never thought of that, but, mm -hmm. but God is behind their moving into the community where your church can reach them. Mm -hmm. And so we do a little bit of that with them, and we talk a little bit about the size of their church and, and or the grounds and uh, how many people they can get involved there, parking. We do a little bit of work on that because some of them are growing wonderfully, and they have not thought about those things, and they have outgrown their property. Their, their situation. Uh, they don't have parking. People are turning around and going elsewhere. And then the final area that we look at are finances. Mm -hmm. uh, how are we going to fund this? Mm -hmm. And I find that uh, this is where a lot of pastors come up short. This is where our students come up a little short. So I spend some time with them on the funding side. Wh who's responsible for raising funds? Uh, how much? What does that look like? And then how do we go about fundraising? Pastors, I found they need to be fundraisers. Mm -hmm. the, the congregation looks to them, whether it's biblical or cultural, they look to them to raise money. Mm -hmm. And so I, here at Dallas, we train them, and then we train pastors out there to know how to do that. So part of, part of actually successfully <clears throat> getting a vision implemented is the ability to understand what it's actually going to take practically to financially pull it off. Yes, exactly. And and uh, again, we don't think about those kinds of things, but that's that's right in there. We Let me give you a scenario that uh, of a church that I'm pretty familiar with that that I think has has caught itself <clears throat> is caught in kind of a catch 22. It's a church that probably was planted in the 1960s. It's located in a in a suburban neighborhood of a of an average size American city. Um, it can hold probably about 200, 250 people. Um, it's located in a corner tucked away in a neighborhood, not very visible. It's not on a major corner. It, it, you'd have to drive in to find it. Um, it's landlocked. Okay, There's no place to grow. <laughs> okay, and, and the demographics of their community has changed significantly from the time when they planted the church so that now the community that lives around them is very different than the community that moved into those homes originally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of stuck. I don't yeah. know how else to say it. Um, is part of location assessment um, asking the question – can we do our mission uh, given where we're located and what our facilities are? Yeah, that's, that has to be dealt with. And, uh, and th th that was prime property probably when they planted the exactly. church and eventually moved there. But as you're right, things have changed. And they have to evaluate that. One of the challenges is do we, uh, you know, is do we move? Mm -hmm. Do we stay here? What do we do? And uh, uh, why not stay here and try to reach the new community? But in reality, they're probably not going to do that. <clears throat> so uh, another challenge for them would be to take someone who is of the same ethnicity mm -hmm. as the people in the new community, have that person become the pastor, mm -hmm. uh, or at least reflect those people on your staff or whatever, and then the people in the community might be more open to coming. Mm -hmm. Of course, I like to ask the question, why would somebody come to your church in the first place? Right, right. Based on, on all that's taking place out there. 
there, all the entertainment that's, that, that is, is available to people on Sundays or Saturday nights, why would they want to come to your church to begin with? And mm -hmm. I think you've got to ask that. And they might say, well, the pastor is like us. Yeah. Or you have people on the staff that are like us. A, a lot of these churches, though, are relocating out into suburbia where their people have moved. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying I, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I think that's realistic. And then sometimes they will will take off again. Another option is to plant churches. Mm -hmm. That church can stay there, uh, gradually. Uh, adjust to the new community culturally and then sponsor church plants in its in its Jerusalem mm -hmm. uh, the the area this geographical area for spiritual responsibility mm -hmm. and they can plant churches out mm -hmm. there as well this episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson publisher of grieve breathe receive finding a faith strong enough to hold us Written and narrated by Pastor Steve Carter. Grieve, breathe, receive. Those three words became a profound mantra for Steve Carter during a season of deep healing, the kind that comes after painful trauma. Grieve, breathe, receive is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Visit thomasnelson.com audio to learn more. Yeah, I, it's interesting because that church that I'm thinking about, the specific church that I'm thinking about, actually took probably about ten years to make a decision to move because they had tried, you know, uh, fresh demographic outreach in the new area with the change, et cetera, and it yeah. just hadn't ha taken them anywhere. That's not an it's not an unusual scenario by any means. Well, it's not all that different from a young person versus an elderly person. Mm -hmm. Two different worlds. Mm -hmm. The same thing here. Socially, mm -hmm. two different worlds. I mean, some people are interested in some things; other other social groups are interested in other things. Now, um, um, so when we put this all together, okay, we've we've done the we've we've done the mission. We've looked at the vision. We've uh, taken a hard look at the values, and now we, we've got a strategy for putting this all together. The way we distinguish between what we're doing, and you did this earlier, but I'd like to go back over it because I think it's important, is um, missions, what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, vision is what will it look like? Yeah. What, what, are we, what, are we, what are we aiming at? Where are we going? And, yeah. and why is it worth that going? That motivates me to want to go is there. there. Why is it worth going there? Okay. The values are uh, why are we doing it and what, what will we use to drive it? Uh, we didn't really talk about this enough. Yeah. Uh, and that is values really are the uh, – uh, well, maybe this is a good metaphor. Maybe it isn't. I'll let you evaluate it. Me values are kind of like the gasoline that drives, uh, drives, or the or the engine. Okay, the engine. Okay, that both drives and guides. Guides. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. the other word I was yeah. looking for. <clears throat> so, for example, is a value is evangelism a valuation or not? If it is not a value, if it's not a value, it will not happen. Right. If it is a value, it will happen. Mm -hmm. Is worship a value? If it's not, it won't happen. It's mm -hmm. that simple. Yeah. Wow, that's why the values identification exercise is so important. It just it, this is who you are. It, it it strips you naked. Yeah, yeah, and it's more than this is what I'm comfortable with or this is what I like. It's actually yeah. asking the question: What should, yeah. what what should we value? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their beliefs, their beliefs that uh, become uh, functional. But we don't need to go there. That gets into my culture book and my culture apple. That's another. That's another. That's yeah. another podcast. Another podcast. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, so then when we when we come to strategy, we're actually asking, all right, now um, this is how we're going to do this. this. Is how we're going to pay for it. This is these are the kinds of. It might be that our facilities are such that they don't make. Um, certain things that we want to do possible. Exactly. Yeah. Um, may not be room, or it may be there. I've, I've worked with a number of churches where they've had large facilities, invested a lot at one time in their facilities, and now that they're smaller and older, mm -hmm. they can't afford those facilities anymore. Mm -hmm. They can't keep them up. Mm -hmm. And so people come, and it's they figure, boy, is this what they think of their church? They're going to let it fall apart, basically. Hmm. The, the front door doesn't work, or the bathrooms don't work. That kind of thing. Yeah. Now, uh, here's another here's another thing that uh, that I appreciated in the book, and it really it doesn't fit in these entirely these four topics, but I thought it was worth talking about. And that is, you have something in here called the Seek Matrix. Mm -hmm. um, what exactly is that, and why is it important? Well, the the matrix. If I'm uh, I'm trying to remember what I think I said. it's in four. I think it's in four blocks. It's in four. It's oh oh. That's where we categorize people. Yeah. Uh, not been over that in a long time. But okay. but, but are they seekers? Uh, we, we like to look at the church and, and see which one they would fit into. And so we have our Willow Creeks and our Saddlebacks that will fit into that. And they are a seeker type church. Others are seeker. I call them seeker resistant. Mm -hmm. uh, they're resistant to people like that. They're not interested in them. We're here to teach them the Word of God and where they are really doesn't matter. And a lot of the churches that we've been talking about in terms of where they are versus perhaps where they need to move tend to be seeker-resistant churches. Right. Or seeker-tolerant. Okay, seeker-tolerant. Now, that's a, that sounds a little softer. Yeah, well, that, that's, that would be where I think – can I say this? Some of your Bible churches are. Yeah, absolutely. Cut me, I believe, Bible church. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. But I think some of them are seeker-tolerant. It's okay for lost people to come in, come here, but boy, we again, we're teaching Scripture and we want them to get what the Bible has to say. So you're going to fit yeah. into who we are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're yeah. joining us. Yeah. And we're, and we're not joining you. You're joining us. Right. Now, now some people might sit back and say, well, that's, I mean, that's a church, of course. These are believers. So, yeah. so the part of the mentality that you're dealing with is dealing with what the church does for its members, but the equipping them for the mission of the church is a different deal. It is. and But some people have mixed those two so tightly together that they don't see the distinction exactly. between the two. That's true, yes. Um, so part of what you're trying to do is to get them to appreciate, yes, when they come to church, they're there to be instructed and to worship and to be encouraged and to be nurtured. All those things are something a church is supposed to do. But if you ask why the church exists, the church doesn't exist just to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, the mission for some people is take care of me. Mm -hmm. I'm up in the years now. I'm not as spry as I used to be. The mission of our church is take care of me. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, well, not really. We want to take care of you, but the mission is much broader than that. Yeah. This, in fact, gets into a core thing that I think churches have to wrestle with in relationship to their members or their missionaries, whatever you're going to call them, their attendees in one way or another, and that is how do people assess what the church is and what they give to the church. It's one thing to go to church and say, I like the worship, I like what the pastor, the way the pastor preaches, et cetera. All that is about how the church ministers to them as an individual. Yeah. Church has got to do some of that. There's yeah. no doubt about yeah. it. But the but if that's primarily how a person evaluates their church community, then the church is already on the road to being insular. Oh. 
<laughs> You've got that nailed down exactly. It, uh, take care of me. Here I am. Take care of me. What are you going to do for me? It, it's this typical thing that we see out here in, in, in the world, and that is it's me. Uh, the church I is and, treated like, as a consumer would treat a product. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so – Rather than what can I do for the church. Exactly. That's where I'm going What next. can the church do for me? That's right. So the person sits down. They, they, they either like or don't like the worship because they don't or like or don't like the music. This is convicting because yeah. I travel a long way to go to church, right. and I probably passed two or three hundred churches on my way to my church. <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about this the other day in class, and uh -huh. I was convicted, and uh -huh. they were too. And, uh -huh. and, and so why are you doing that? Well, this church meets my needs. Right. Right. Oh, it does? Well, you ever thought about meeting the church's needs? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so that's actually one of the major s switches that need to flip oftentimes in strategic yeah. planning yeah. is getting your congregation, the person who's sitting there, many of whom are sitting there and saying, how's the church meeting my needs? And that actually a church that is turned completely inward is often operating on that basis. Exactly. Yes. Even though even though the needs might be very biblically defined and might involve very biblical things, it doesn't involve the entirety of the biblical vision. Yeah. And so so you flip that switch and now the question becomes rather than uh, it's the old uh, John Kennedy quote what is it uh, no, it's not, not what you do for your country, country but what your country can, can do for you no. you reversed yeah, yeah, it yeah. <laughs> but that's the way some people think that's about right. it yeah. and, and so uh, but the point is ask what I can do for my church what is it that I can do that helps the church accomplish what we are here to do and the be mission. that's right so the the goal of this the, of the strategic planning ultimately is to help people almost switch the way – let me back up and say, that, that, say it this way. We train people in our culture to be consumers. We 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 go there instantly. We being businesses and others. Everybody, yeah, everything, got a everything yeah. about our culture trains us to be consumers, and the customer is king. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. So then the consumer has the right to evaluate whether this service or this business is meeting his needs. We we go there so naturally um, that we're trained to go there. So the church is, in a sense, countercultural, in one way by by asking people. To evaluate and come in and be a part of the church in a way that everything else that the society is training them to do and be does not train them to do and be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so part of what you do in your strategic planning, it seems to me, is to help your leadership understand that, flip, help people think about how to flip that switch, and then ask how to get that flip that switch flipped. And yes, encouraging them to go there. Yeah. And then we can talk about it till we're blue in the face. Everybody likes to talk about it. That's true. But when when will we get involved? When will it happen? And so in the end, when you're assessing whether or not a strategic plan is actually being executed, which is kind of the last step I probably we should be talking about, um, what kinds of things are you looking for in in that area? And 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 then and a side question perhaps is um, you will be adjusting as you go along I mean it isn't this vi this vision and planning isn't static right yeah you you are developing it and what we do uh, as I mentioned earlier probably the number one thing we've got to understand that execution or implementation is probably the greatest obstacle mm -hmm. because again people can get excited about what they've done and and they've done most of the work on this and they can charge the community out there but time wears away mm-hmm and so how can we keep them excited? How can this become a part of who they are for the future? 
And so what we have done is, uh, again, we have divided them up into teams. Mm -hmm. We have a strategic leadership team that, that basically works through the, the envisioning process that does all that. And then we also create an implementation team and or, um, an execution team, whatever term you want to use. And they, they take responsibility for, for each of these. And they meet on a regular basis. And we have accountability built into that. And really, I guess the bottom line, Daryl, we go straight to the bottom line. It all gets back to leadership. Mm -hmm. It all gets back to the pastor. He's got to be behind it so that he's holding them accountable. He's constantly reminding them of what they're all about. Uh, he's got to cast the vision. He's got to remind them of the mission. Rick Warren says they've got to be reminded of the mission at least once a month. Yeah, that's and that's, that's right. an important point because yeah. I think it's, some people make the well. We've done the meeting. We've done the planning. Here's the plan. We present it. We present it in a congregational meeting. We've yeah. done our yeah. pitch. Yeah. Can we go uh, home now? <laughs> exactly. Now we're done. Yeah. No, no. That's actually just the launching point. Exactly. Yeah. Now we're launching, and they've got to understand that they've got to be encouraged. They've got to be challenged over and over. Uh, you've got to make heroes out of your people that are doing it. Mm -hmm. You've got somebody. Uh, you say, Daryl Bach, come up here, please, Daryl. Daryl, would you you tell the church this morning about last weekend you were over at the elementary school, the public school, and what did you guys do over there now? Tell, tell us about it. Well, you come up and you tell them, well, we, we, we went in and we painted the uh, the teacher's workroom, and the teachers had a party for us. Mm -hmm. they're, they're in love with us now. Mm -hmm. And some of them are coming to church next week. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I I think that, See, that, I, that that makes heroes out of Daryl Bob. That's right, and and if you have services that are very traditional in terms of what they normally have, where you don't have places for that kind of individual testimony, which some pastors will step back and say, well, that's kind of like advertising, you know? <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, it's not <laughs> Well, the point is, no, it may be modeling. You know, uh, yeah, you know. So it, how you frame it yep. uh, will determine how you value it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're hoping that some of these people look around and say, "Well, gosh, other people are involved in this, and they're involved in that. Maybe I should be involved." That's right. That's right. That's where you're hoping to you're, go. We're hoping that enough people start getting involved, and we celebrate that, and we'll have times of celebration. Mm -hmm. uh, and and again, we've got to keep this in front of them. It's got to be positive. It's got to be encouraging. Yeah. Well, well, Aubrey, I appreciate you taking the time to kind of walk us through elements of this. Uh, obviously, we've moved very quickly. There's a lot more there yeah. to look at, but I, I think we've given people an overview of kind of uh, what this is about. Um, uh, just uh, really appreciate uh, the ministry that you've had in writing and in what you've been doing. And uh, hopefully this will be useful to people as they think about uh, either leading a church and they've listened to us, or maybe they're in a church and they're one of these people who have thought through, well, my my church could be doing more or something yeah. better, and hopefully, hopefully, this will encourage people in that regard. So we thank you for being a part of the table today, uh, where we discuss issues of God and culture. And our topic today has been strategic planning in your church. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Table Podcast, Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. 
How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.